and commit your heart, your soul, your spirit before the Lord. You want to tell the Lord to speak to your heart and to that you'll be blessed in his presence and receive his word. In the old temple, there were inner courts and outer courts. The holy place and the most holy place. Some people never came to the inner court. So you can be in church as a ceremony and not have an encounter with God. But you came to meet the Lord. That is why you are here. So pray that your spirit will be connected to the things of God. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you and we bless your name for answer prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap. Give the Lord a mighty, mighty clap. Amen. Shall be seated. We want to go with our time. Amen. And so that we can, we can have quality time in the presence of God. I want to welcome everybody to church and to celebrate God for your lives. Amen. And also to thank God for the married couple who have also joined us. Give the Lord some clap for their lives. Amen. It looks so wonderful and brightening. Amen? And after this preaching, we will introduce them properly. But can I inspect your Bibles? I inspect Bibles all the time here. Can, I, can you lift it up above your head? I think we are Christians. Give the Lord a mighty clap. Give the Lord a mighty clap. Amen. Wonderful. I want to continue my preaching on beginnings. This morning, I was also, I'm also happy to inform you that our steward, Mr. and Mrs. Ejiapieni, Kwame Ejiapieni, dedicated their their child to the Lord. Now, we don't do dedication inside the church anymore. We do it before the service so that we can spend more time praying for the child. And after the preaching, we shall also introduce them and give them their dedication certificate. Can we give the Lord another mighty clap for their lives? Amen. We don't want to treat dedication as something we are in a hurry to do inside the church. We want to have time for it. Because when you are dedicated properly, the results are enormous. So dedication is a very, very important thing in life. Many people have been dedicated to all kinds of things. I've been preaching to you about what God has in mind in the month of beginning. And today is the last day of August. And I want to finish this series on that. Can you turn with me to Isaiah 43 from verse 18 to 19. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Can we all read it together? Okay, I want you to open your Bible because some of you have gone to Genesis. So look, open where Isaiah is. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. 
I want you to be able to open where Isaiah is. Divide your Bible into two and move a bit closer to the right side. You meet a prophet there called Isaiah. Those of you who have mobile phones and iPad, they are all good, but get a Bible. You are a Christian. Because when your battery goes off, it means you can't read your Bible. So get a Bible, even though you have all these things. You are included. So, when I speak, it's about everybody in the church. Hallelujah. How many of you know that you can be happy in church? When the missionaries came to Africa, they told us that God must be so sanctimonious. You come to church, you can't laugh. And we are deceiving ourselves. We become hypocrites. We come to church, we put on a certain facial appearance as if that is how we are. But we are not like that. When we come before church, we must be ourselves before our Father in heaven. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you are there, but you see harlots enter the kingdom and you'll be there because to them, it's about how they presented themselves and how they walked and how they prayed. That's not how to relate with God. Relating with God is coming to him the way you are and being yourself. So religion can't take you far. I'm not doing religion here. We are doing a relationship with God. When you have a relationship with somebody, when you go before the person, there's a cordial kind of relationship. We don't go with fear. Amen? Amen. So we must change that mindset. That when you, some people even can't laugh in church because they feel that God will punish them. <laughs> it's our bringing from home. We brought it to church. But God is a loving God. Can I have an amen? Can we now look at it and read it together? Go. Remember ye not the former things, Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. Reverse in the desert. Those of you who just finished the fasting and prayer which ended on Friday, you would have caught him on revelation. So I want to recap quickly within five minutes. And I said, beginning means to give birth to something, to start something, to take an action or to form something. And God is saying that to be able to do something, don't dwell too much about the past. Don't spend time considering your past too much. If you do that, you cannot experience the good things God wants to do with you. You can't do much about your past. You can only do something about your present and your future. So thank God for the great things God has done in your life in the past. But if you dwell too much on them, whilst we are going forward, you will dwell in the past. And that can affect a lot of things in your lives. Whatever God did for you in the past, he can be able to do it more than that in your future. If you have negative things in the past you don't want to remember, I always say that when the devil reminds you of your past, remember him of your future. Because your future is brighter than your past. And I said, you can start now. And it's amazing what God wants to do in your life. He touches two things, wilderness and desert. And I said, a wilderness, a wilderness is a wild place. A wild place that humans do not control. With trees, thorns, no plant, thick forest. And unplanned life is a wilderness. Natural life that accepts anything. Untapped, undeveloped resources in your life is a wilderness. Chaos and confusion it's a wilderness in your life. But the interesting thing about it is that 
All the minerals of this world are in the wilderness, are in the forest. It's an amazing thing that all the gold, the diamond, the silver, and things are all hidden in a place that is state with confusion. You will not find diamond in Accra. It's not here. It's too beautiful. If you want to get timber, if you want to get gold, if you want to get oil and things, you go to places that looks a bit confusing. So your wilderness can also be a place of opportunity. Let up your right I receive every opportunity. And I walk in that opportunity. Lift up your hands. I will not die. But I will live to declare the works of God. In Jesus' name. And I said, God's promise for your wilderness is a way. Meaning direction, order, or clue. To bring a plan into your life. So that he can have access to work in your life. So that he can discover the resources in your life. So that you can turn your wilderness to a place of value. May your life be a life of value. I say, may your life be a life of value. So God says he's doing two things. One, in your wilderness, and then also in your desert. But today I want to talk about your desert. Your desert. Let's look at Isaiah 43, verse 19 again. Let's read again. Go. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall he not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. A desert is a barren land or life. An unfruitful life is a desert. If you ever pass through a desert and you see some trees, that is a miracle. A desert represents a barren life, an unfruitful life, or a stagnant, a life that, you know, many of us, we just wake up, eat, and we sleep. We have lost hope. We are waiting till the day we'll die. And you are want to die, but you are still not dying. I think I told you the story. I'm told of a elderly woman around 90 years or so who went to the funeral of a 30-year-old she said, ah, what contempt to do? That's a 90-year-old person who wants to die, but he can't die. And she surprised somebody at 38 is passed. I said, what contempt to do? Because it gets to a point in your life that you wish you can, where many of us are young, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, it says, from verse 30, it says, even the young men do faint, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Can I have an amen? amen. So you can be 25, and you are thinking, now you see 25 year people who are having gray hair. When I was young, see somebody's in gray hair, maybe 50, 60s now, 25 gray hair. What are you thinking about? You are, you, are, you, are, you are thinking too much. And barrenness can make you do that. And extreme, a place of extreme dryness, heat and cold. So there's no vegetation in your life. There's no, nothing to be happy about. And many of us are in what we call our desert lives. A desert, number two, represents hostility, a hostile conditions of your life. You are struggling for survival. A dry or, or a, a desert 
It's a place of striving for survival. Some of us, what to eat is a problem. That's a desert life. It's very difficult to find food in a desert. They don't sell kenke in the desert. So, survivor. Many of the Ghanaians who didn't get visas usually are using the road through Libya to Italy. And we hear some of the stories, it's so pathetic. You see human bones on the floor as you pass through the desert. We have pirates on the desert who just get there with their gun, shoot you, collect all your money. Shoot you near you see can do the audience say, Italy? It's gone. If you pass through the desert, the only survivors dwell in the desert. And because they survive, once you come around and they are stronger than you, they can easily kill you. The desert is not a good place to be. I pray that there shall be water in your desert. I say, may water enter into your desert. There's no rainfall, or very low, rain, low rainfall in the desert. It doesn't rain often in the desert. Rain represents blessing. A rain is a blessing. In the desert, you don't get rainfall much. Some of us are expecting some rains. You are expecting a phone call. You are expecting a job. You are expecting an opportunity, an opening. It's like a desert life. In a desert, it doesn't normally rain. I'm explaining why God had to come into your wilderness and come into your desert. Later, write and say, every desert in my life shall be filled with rivers. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, every desert in my life shall be filled with rivers. The desert also represents dust. Negative impact of the environment and social conditions. Have you ever experienced dust in your area before? You come from town, you enter your room, and the whole windows are filled with dust. And if you have a white cloth, all of them are filled with dust. That is why in Africa, we bath at times three times in a day. Because our roads are not tired. The only one which is tired is the one to the president's house and in certain places, each councilman and other places. Every other place, if, if it's, not, it's only main roads that are tired in Africa. So, you can put on your nice clothes. You go home, you look at the back. It's like, all oh, your color is dirty. Everything is dirty because of dust. Desert line. But if you go to a developed country, attend the whole day, you don't feel anything because the environment is clean. A desert represents storm. Violent opposition to your survival and progress. In the midst of all your problems, you will see people opposing you and making life difficult for you. That is a desert. Desert is a stressful. How do we call desert in tree? A stressful, isn't it? Huh? Is that it? What is desert? Who did tree? Uh, it's, it's stressful. I don't know whether the tree is able to come properly. Yeah. 
where there are no trees, violent opposition. So that is why when you look on the television and there's a storm in the north, you see a whole village. All the roofs have come off because there is no tree. So when the wind is coming, there's no wind break. It carries all their roofs because it's a violent storm. It's difficult to stay in a desert place. But thank God for his promises. I say thank God for his promises. You see, a life without God is a fruitless and a useless life. That is why when I see that somebody has committed suicide, the first question I ask is that, is he a Christian? Does he know God? Because you cannot end your life because you are going through a particular problem. So you hang yourself. No. Ghana here, we have seen medical doctors, we have seen rich people, we have seen all kinds of people committing suicide because of deserts. They came to, even now, a past, a Catholic priest. You remembered me. How many of you know that Satan has no respect of creed or persons? That a Kali priest who has gone to seminar for seven years, seven years old, and then you commit suicide. So I ask myself, what is it that is worrying you? A dear pa ne ha software on Obaka Kosen Huakoma, a dene hano. And so I caught a baby more of full say a ding to be so kunu. Left up a right and said, There's nothing too difficult for God to do. Let up a right and say, God can do anything if only I can believe Him. And if only I can trust him. Later on, I say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say for the last, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Give the Lord some praise. So God says that because I see your problem as a wilderness, and I see your problem as a desert. I have decided to do two things. A desert is made up of dry land. So I have decided to give you river. River. Because in desert we have what we call oasis. Where there are some small. But he said I want to put a river in your desert. A river is a flow. Why is he putting a river? Because in the Bible. River represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. A Christian who is not walking and living by the other of the Holy Spirit, your life can be miserable. You live a life as if you are in the world. This Christian life, it is not you who is living it. It is Christ who is living it in you. And he does that by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 7, from verse 7, from 37 to 38, John 7, 37 to 38. Jesus says something. John 7, 37 to 38. He says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. Obedience to come to me. 
Yes, once and all, but last day, Look at verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of what? Living what? Water. River is life. River gives you hope. If you say, now, Musa says, But the spirit in you is bigger than a river. Can I have an amen? amen? So there's power in a river. A river flows, a river gives life. Out of his belly shall flow the rivers of living waters. Let's go to verse 39. What does that mean? But this he spake, he of the Holy Spirit. Who did that believe on him should receive? For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus is saying that anybody who has the Holy Spirit in him, out of his belly flows rivers of living water. He's full of life. He's full of excitement. He's full of hope. He's full of faith. He's full of understanding. He knows that God will do something in his life because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't pray, you don't read the Bible. You don't attend church. You don't communicate with people that speak good things. Your life will be dry. And your life will be a desert. But God said that there's a promise for you in your desert. He will give you the Holy Spirit. Because with the Holy Spirit, you can have everything that you need. Number two, a river brings an atmosphere of beauty and glory into your life. When you have a river, it's an atmosphere of beauty and glory. In Genesis chapter 2, from verse 7 to verse 10, you'll be surprised that when God created man, one of the things he put in the garden were rivers in the garden of Eden. Rivers bring beauty and glory. You see trees around the place. It reflects glory. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and breathed of a breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river. There was a river. Say it again. Say it again. God put a river. Went out of Eden to water the garden. At that time, it hasn't started raining. The rain came in chapter 2. At this time, rain has not yet come. In Genesis chapter 1, there was no rain. In Suan Sati and Top Recope. He caused rivers. Water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. I'll talk about it. Stop there. Four heads means that everywhere you pass, on the left, on your right, in front of you and behind you, God put rivers. I prophesy upon your life that every dryness in your life shall give way to rivers. I say may you receive rivers. Where your life is dry, whether in your marital home, your finances, your business, and your family, may you receive some river into that life. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
It brings beauty. It brings glory into your life. Wherever you see rivers, you see trees, you see fruits, you see animals. There's activity. Number three, rivers brings fruitfulness into your life. Fruitfulness into your life. I want us to look at our Bible from Psalm 1, from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And, and let me talk to us as Christians. See, many people think that you can come to church and be blessed. It doesn't work that way. You, can, you don't just get blessed because you come to church, but you, you, you get blessed because you don't walk in the way of sinners. Can I have an amen? I said, can I have an amen? amen? He said, blessed is the man. But you must be in a place of the righteous. Where people want to do the right thing. It brings a blessing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law that he meditate day and night. That's what brings a blessing. Some of us, we only pick our Bible on Sunday morning. Some of us, we don't know where our Bible is. The one you are holding is your cousin's own you brought. And this morning, you quarreled and asked people, where is my Bible? Because if you cannot find your Bible, how can you even meditate on it? I always say that a Christian must have more than one Bible. I have more than six Bibles. I have one in my car. I have two in my office. I have one in my bedroom. I have some in my study. I need to put one in my toilet. The best, some of, some of you, you spend 20 minutes in toilet. That's why you don't read your Bible. It has nothing to do with Ebola. You can be there quietly and you can read it in your quietness. Our mothers and ladies who cook, you can have a Bible in your kitchen. You need more than one Bible. If you have 20 clothes, some of us have 20 shoes. But the Bible is what prospers you. You meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Day and night. I said day and night. I said day and night. When I used to work in the bank and, 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 and I didn't have much time, I bought an audio Bible. So if I'm driving, the Bible is from Genesis. It's in my ears. If I cannot read, at least I'm listening. Genesis chapter 1. So I can, for one week, I can listen to, I can listen to the Bible from Genesis to Deuteronomy. I needed to be wise and, and, and apply wisdom to my life because the work was very tedious. But I'm also a pastor, so how do I get time? I went to buy an audio Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's always in my ears. You think I'm listening to music. I'm listening to the Bible. 
some of you, the songs you are having on your mixture between and match the day and about five different musicians. So as I'm preaching now, some of you are trying to enter into the spirit. Because the songs you have heard throughout the week is not making you connect properly. Those songs are good. But there are songs for the soul. There are songs for the body. And there are songs for the spirit. That's why some of us can't feel, you can't feel the presence of God because you are not meditating on the things of God. Can I tell you something? Do you know that at times you can be thinking about somebody and he appears? And that is an intuitive thing God put in man. The more you think about God, the closer he is to you. The more you think about God, the closer is he to you. But many of us don't have God in our minds. The Bible said that in Romans chapter 1 that because they did not have God in their mind, he gave them to reprobate minds. To bring fruitfulness into your life. And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers, not in the desert of water. That bringer for his fruit in his season. This is where many Christians have a problem with. Life is in seasons and time. Wake him up. He's too young to sleep around this time. Look, if you are, if you are below 30, it's those above 50 and things that I can ignore because at times, as you are aging, but if you are, if you are of a certain age and you sleep in church, you have a big problem. It's a very serious issue. It's a sign that you are not serious. It's a sign that you don't know what you want. It's a, I'm, and I'm your pastor, and I'm, I want to speak the truth to you. You can't go to American embassy for visa and sleep. So I don't see why at your age, below 30 years, you sleep when I'm preaching. Can we clap for the Lord? You are not happy about this, but I have to say... So when somebody around that age is sleeping, say, please get that from my place. Because sleeping is contagious. If you can sit on a television and work for four hours, I don't see why you should sleep in here. When they were counting the ballot box, I saw a man who was opening his two eyes with a torchlight watching the votes. <laughs> Which also became a dispute. <laughs> it's in seasons. So as you are walking with God, you can see a sister or a brother. God has said something in, in his life. Be happy about her. Be happy about him. Your season will come. I say your season will come. Because you will be like a tree that bears fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Number four, a river brings a flow and activity into your stagnant life.
The Nile River is about 4,000 miles or about 6,800 kilometers. The river now. And the last time I visited Egypt, I was so surprised to realize that the Nile passes through Cairo. You really drive, you drive, you drive on it. The Nile, you see, it's only here that up to now even we can repair Adomi. Adomi is not even, it's just between Akosomo, we can't repair it. Adomi Bridge. And I hear Soga Kope too. It's also cracking. But in other parts, the river is in the town. It's, in the, it's passing through, it's like it's passing through Accra, the river now. It passes through Cairo, right from the airport as you are driving through the town. It passes through. And I looked at it and I said, this is civilization. It's their life. It's their everything. The Nile is their everything. It is their source of livelihood. Because Egypt, as we enter the place, you realize that it looks like a desert. Especially when you go to where the pyramids are. Where the pharaohs are. All that, even whilst on the plane, you are getting down. You don't see one tree. Desert throughout. So to them, the Nile, that's why they worship the Nile. The Nile even shouldn't be far. It should be in the middle of the town. Is your source. And God is saying, God is saying, he said, I will give you rivers in the desert. Look at where the Nile is. The Nile passes through Egypt, Sudan, Ethiopia, Kenya, Congo, Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda, Burundi, and South Sudan. One river. It passes through about nine countries. May the river of the spirit move you beyond yourself. I say, may you move beyond yourself. May he make you a blessing to nations. He said, I will, I will put a river in your desert to bring activity. To bring a flow. A river brings a flow. Every river has a source and it has a mouth. They take you to where the river is. You see just a small thing, source, dropping one after the It has a source. But this river now, when we talk about river now, we only talk about Egypt. But it's in nine different countries flowing. Nine different countries. A person whose life is full of river touches many lives. A person who is full of dryness is self-centered, self-inward, selfish, think only about himself and about his children and that is all. Life is more than you, your wife, and your children. It goes beyond that. Your problem is that you are not flowing. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, make me a flow. Put a river in my life and let me move beyond myself to be a blessing to other people. Because some of you, the day you die, we need to beg people to come to your funeral. Because you have not affected anybody. I said, the day you die, we need to beg people to come to your funeral because it's like you are just living on your own. But when there's a river flowing in your life, people around you are blessed. They are connected to you. And they move through and everything you do affects them. You may not have money like somebody, but you have a river. I say, I have a river. 
Say, say, you have a river in your life. That river is a gift, a calling, a blessing. God has given you a gift. It's a river. When I talk about a river, don't think very far. A river is something God has put inside you that makes you different. You are tall. Somebody is short. You are more beautiful than somebody. You are more intelligent than somebody. You are more skillful. Maybe you are educated. God has given you something and that is your river contact. Working through the Holy Spirit. So that river brings a flow. A flow. An activity into your life. Today I pray that every stagnant life that you are leading will give way to activity. Amen. I said to give way to activity. Amen. If you are a young man or woman sitting here and you are not working, you are a desert. I said you are what? If you can't find a job, do one. Am I speaking to somebody? I said, if you cannot find a job, do one yourself. Create one yourself. I have never been unemployed. I have not, when I started life, I didn't get the job I wanted, but I was never unemployed. I always do something. You are poor because you have failed to flow. Hello? Yeah. Everybody say flow. Say it again. Shout it again. Lift up your hands and say, I will flow. By the river of the Spirit of God inside me. In Jesus' name. He said, Give the Lord some praise. He said, Out of your belly shall flow rivers living waters. Number five, to bring treasures into your life. I'm ending to bring treasures into your life. Psalm 65, verse 9 to 10. Psalm 65. Psalm 65, from 9 to 10. A good year, we are Simonia Mani you are amazed. The gold is normally in rivers. And most of the metals are in rivers. Ghana like this, we say we have found oil. The oil is not on the land. The oil is in the sea. That is why not everybody can go for it. God is an amazing God. It takes some people with a certain heart to go there. They, they go to the thickness of the place to go and look for it. Thou visited the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Verse 10. 
Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the spring thereof. God has put treasures in rivers and in waters. That is why in Ghana, our rivers are getting spoiled by the Galamse people. The gold is in the river. So when God says he's making a river in your desert, what he's saying is that there are some treasures, 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 treasures. I said treasures. That are given by the power of the Holy Spirit. God can give you things as you open up to his river flow in your life. Gold is in the river. You can find oil in water. People even know that platinum is more expensive than gold. You know, when you work in the bank and they put people in prestigious places, the very top people who have money is not gold they have. We give them platinum. Because platinum is more expensive than gold. But it is rare to find in this world. I think the only place you can find platinum in a very large quantity is South Africa. You don't find it like gold. Very expensive. But you also find them in alluvial deposits where rivers have passed. I prophesy again into your life. I say I prophesy again into your life. The river of the Spirit will bring out deposits in your life. For some of you, there are things inside you. But you are looking at the pain and the problems and the troubles you are going through. But if you can take a little look at yourself a bit, you realize that there's something inside you that nobody has except you. Can you lift up your hands with me? Father, I pray and I lift these hands before your presence that just as your rivers brings treasures in people, you cause your people to know what you have put in them, that you created them specially, that they will not walk through sorrows and pain, but they will seek your face and say, God, show me the treasures in my life. And you cause them to rise up from obscurity to prominence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord another mighty clap. Finally, as I end my message for today, a river signifies peace in the midst of the storm. Psalm 46 from verse 1 to 4. Peace in the midst of the storm. As I end my message today, I don't know why you came to church. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He is not a future help. He is not a past help. He is a present help. I say he is a present help. Verse 2. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Verse 3. Though the waters the rough roar, ye won't swa who roar. In so be oha a bane before wakukun. To be trouble. Though the mountains shake with the swollen thereof, seller. Verse 4. Let's read it together. The city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the most high God. I pray that every storm. And every uncertainty and every pain in your life 
as we end the year of beginnings, your wilderness will tend to become a way and your desert will be filled with rivers. To him be glory and majesty in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow down your heads in prayer. If somebody invited you, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior.